Welcome to episode 34 of the Front Porch Podcast. I'm your host and intern, Paul, and we have another series for you here for the next few episodes. A little less structured, a little less serious than our white Christian nationalism series. A little more rhizomatic, if you will. But for the next few episodes, we'll be interviewing the staff at Front Porch here about something they're passionate about, something they've been working on, or something they're experts in. First up, we have Dom Floyd, our associate director here at the Front Porch, with an interview all about self-care. What it is, who it's for, and how to move away from a consumption-based and capitalism-infused version of caring for ourselves. associate director <laughs> dom floyd dom take two on the first half of this interview we recorded it once like four weeks, weeks ago. ago yeah <laughs> long time uh and i lost it so <laughs> i had the uh pleasure to have half a conversation twice yeah as do you we'll just revisit it right right <laughs> perhaps it'll be um you know sometimes you need to have a conversation twice yeah <laughs> good good reminders all around and so uh what are you uh what are you bringing before us today yeah i thought that you know when you pitched the idea of each staff member bringing something they care about or passionate about i thought that i would love to talk with you about self-care and all the ideas intertwined and around self-care a little bit yeah. So what's, uh, what's, uh, what's the deal with self-care? Why should we be doing it? What is it? Yeah. I think I like to define self-care as activities and practices we engage in on a regular basis to reduce stress and enhance our well-being. But I also like to think about self-care as things and practices that support our growth and groundedness. Um. Yeah, and I think that self-care has become really trendy and popular yeah. <laughs> in the last p- few years. Um, so much like on TikTok in the last year or so. Um, but I remember hearing about the term and having it be called out as a topic when I was in college. And this idea of feeling so new to me, it wasn't something that was talked about in a holistic sense. Hmm. Um, and I think looking back, I can see in some spheres the like um, alluding to self-care just in terms of like you had off days of your sports or vocal rest in choir yeah. um, or, you know, get more sleep Um but nothing before that point um, encouraged me to kind of take personal inventory of where you're at, hmm. how you're feeling, and then giving yourself time and space to practice something that somehow refreshes, restores, or revitalizes yourself. And so I became really intrigued with this idea and the idea in general that if we all did this or got to do this or spent more time doing this, how could we kind of all be healthier people yeah. in general? Yeah. So, okay, that 
what what is it like to go from sort of I don't know, maybe having a common sense notion of like, if I'm exercising, I should take a day off. Or if I'm a singer, I need to, you know, rest this thing that I, that I use my vocal cords from that to like, oh my gosh, like I can, I don't know, incorporate something that is time for me as a practice. Like, what is it? I'm just, what's, (laughs) what was that movement like? Totally. I think I like to think about it in terms of living reactively and proactively Hmm. to some degree, because I think that like often vocal rest comes when your your throat is scratchy and your voice sounds off or your throat just doesn't feel good. And so then you're forced to take that rest. Um, Whereas I think integrating self-care into your normal weekly rhythms um, allows you to like not get to a point where then you have to do it or it's, you know, a reaction to feeling really burnt out or drained or limited in some capacity. It prevents you from kind of wearing down your battery in whatever realm you're talking about right yeah yeah i feel like i often hear about self-care as a i don't know it's like a justification for like indulgences like oh i'm gonna do this like nice thing it's like it's okay it's self-care right um and you sort of highlighted the uh, self-care as a practice Mm. which feels like um I don't know, something different that I think incorporates that sort of, I don't know, um, caring for oneself in indulgences, like the right. indulgence isn't a, isn't a problem where it isn't like, you know, we don't need to talk about them like guilty pleasures. Um, but a practice seems more sort of intentional or something. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a great differentiation because I think self-care can so be viewed or quickly become something that is like lazy or self-indulgent or even really, really consumeristically based. Like, I'm going to treat myself like you see those memes or whatever all the time. Yes, we can thank Parks and Rec for uh, the treat yourself movie. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm going to do a spa day and a shopping spree and a fancy meal. Like, that is not all what self-care is or needs to be or... You know, I think that that's like a super limiting view of self-care as well, because then I think it feels like something so rooted in having those means <laughs> to be able to do those things. Yeah. But I think there is so much more to it. And I could see self-care as a kind of a form of resistance to certain values our society pushes, like busyness and productivity. Um, and I think that there's a difference between self soothing activities and actual self-care so I think self-soothing activities are comforting and can be so helpful in difficult or stressful times like a bath or a spa day or a Netflix binge or a nice meal fresh flowers whatever like those can be so so comforting Um, but I think I like to think about self-care as really growth-minded grounding things so I could put therapy in that box sleep meditation 
boundaries, medical care, budgeting, exercise, like all of those things that are going to really like set you up, give Mm -hmm. you a good foundation to then enter your day-to-day life feeling a little bit more even prepared perhaps. Yeah. (laughs) Hmm. So you mentioned the, uh, the five points before we got going here. Yeah. What's, uh, What's that all about? Yeah. So I think there are kind of five different spheres to self-care. So there's physical self-care, taking care of your body. And this could involve fitness and sleep habits. Um, This could include how you manage your stress, um, as well as like dental and medical checkups. Like Mm. I know those Mm -hmm. are things that we can tend to push off. But um, that is taking care of yourself and the body you have in this lifetime um so exercise stretching what you're eating um water hydration sleep taking your medications those are all like in the physical realm yeah then there's intellectual self-care involving your personal growth continuous pursuit for learning and education engaging in new things practicing mindfulness um maybe leaning into positivity kind of things in those realms. So that could be reading, that could be podcasting, um, listening to a documentary, learning more about something you're passionate and care about, kind of anything in those realms, just kind of taking care of your mind. (laughs) Um, Then there's social self-care. So having a supportive network of people you can turn to for uplifting guidance, someone having someone to talk to, Um, I think social connection helps create a sense of belonging and acceptance. So that could be intentionally setting aside time to catch up with friends and family, sharing a meal, making boundaries around your time and energy, like knowing what you have capacity for and saying yes when you do need that time. Right. But also no (laughs) when you can't or that feels more depleting. Um, being mindful of what fuels you. I think like introversion or extroversion comes in here. Yeah. As, um, yeah. And then emotional self-care involves awareness of your feelings and emotions, dealing with stress positively and cultivating a sense of compassion, kindness, and love for ourselves and others. So that could be journaling and reflection, mindfulness and meditation, Um, Again, therapy, counseling, um, feeling your feelings and talking about them with people you feel safe with. And then kind of the last fifth sphere, spiritual self-care. Spiritual self-care, I think, involves the beliefs and values that help you guide your life. Um, So that could be meditation, prayer, books about the divine or spirituality, being in nature, anything that makes you feel connected to the world and people around you or volunteering for an organization you care about. Mm-hmm. And how do you see the sort of, um, not a compartmentalization, but just a sort of like buckets, putting each of these into buckets. How does that sort of help someone who's wanting to incorporate a self-care practice into their life do that? Right. I think that it's helpful to look at these different spheres because if I had to guess, we're probably each drawn to 
one of those spheres or a few of those spheres a little more than others. Right. Or that like sounds the nicest or easiest. Yeah. Or, or like what's getting used up. More, right. Like depending yep. on what sort of work you're doing in the world. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then it's, I think, you know, there's times where it's probably sounds nicer to do one versus the other but then maybe also we neglect in some sense like one of those other spheres yeah um because it, maybe it's harder to like connect with your intellectual self-care or that i get that like that could be harder at the end of a long day to want to like pick up a book or totally. something along those lines whereas maybe it's easier to think about like just getting more sleep. And so it's, it's all a balance, right? Like you don't need to force yourself into those, but I do think having like a holistic sense and, you know, maybe not incorporating each of these five spheres into every day (laughs) is plausible. But I do think that, you know, if you're looking at a weekly or a monthly or even a yearly, like, overarching and you can kind of tap in to see where you've um incorporated each of those areas like you might just have a little bit more balance yeah yeah what have you noticed as far as your own life where you have felt um i don't know the difference in um having a self-care practice and how your your practices changed over time because it's been a handful of years since you sort of first were introduced to these sorts of things yeah totally I think when self-care um was first introduced to me too I maybe didn't have all this I don't know finesse that (laughs) (laughs) um I have now with it in terms of like these five spheres, but even in terms of the separation between self-soothing and self-care. Yeah. Um, And so I think that that was really key for me of like, yeah, like watching four hours of Netflix, like maybe isn't self-care. For sure. (laughs) Like that's maybe (laughs) just like tabling everything you're thinking and feeling in some ways um and sure maybe there's a time and a place for that um but I think that like being more aware of each of these areas and taking time to take inventory about how I'm doing in them and then addressing them (laughs) appropriately and Uh, mindfully I think is so helpful so I think that like the ways it's changed um, rather than just trying to like unplug or mentally like disconnect myself at the end of the day by you know scrolling or Mm -hmm. um, watching a show or or whatever um, I've really tried to implement nightly routines that allow me to, you know, get into bed with a more calm mind. Um, So I love like making a cup of tea and washing my face and taking time to do that and just slow down so that when I do get into bed, my mind has kind of had its time to run through thoughts. Um, 
rather than like going from screen to pillow (laughs) and then letting your mind run through all those thoughts from the day. Um, just, I see, I like get more quality sleep. I can fall asleep quicker, stay asleep quicker, like definitely calms some anxieties I experience. Um, and so I think like a pretty regular bedtime routine is really, really helpful for me. I'd love to get better um, at a morning routine (laughs) um, as well. And yeah, then just trying to like look at my week and know when I have the spaces to tap into each of those five spheres. And that really seems to work well for me of like, okay, I know that I have these times to exercise. I know that I have these times to get into a book. I know I have these times to be outside in nature, um, et cetera, et cetera. And just really trying to find a good rhythm, I guess. Yeah. I'm curious if somebody is sort of first encountering this or encountering this again and now it's sort of like oh yeah you know maybe this is a good idea um any sort of resources that you direct people towards as far as um like where to start or of suggestions as far as like what's the what are those like small simple things to sort of move from maybe like the reactionary like self-soothing towards a more holistic self-care practice yeah I think there's maybe not a specific resource though I'm sure if you go on the internet and start looking around you'll find certain things but if I had or my recommendation I guess would be to take the time to write out those five spheres um and just kind of check in with yourself like when was the last time I did something to take care and nourish myself in this realm? Um, Am I feeling good in this area or am I feeling depleted in this area? Um, What does sound like something that would enrich this area for me? Um, And just kind of write it out and then find ways to implement and integrate it into your weekly rhythm. Um, or pick one thing in a week to do, um, and just add, add slowly. Cause again, it's not probably an overnight thing or, you know, even tangible to do all of those things every week. Right. Um, you're going to write out a plan on a Sunday afternoon and then, uh, nail it week one. Right. <laughs> right. So yeah, I think just if you, I think if you pay attention to what, maybe your top need or top couple needs are and then just trying to lean into those things Um, and hopefully those help you to feel so grounded and growing that then you can slowly add more in if you need that um but yeah I think like just checking in with yourself is where to where to start because it's definitely easy to go on and see like what other people are doing (laughs) Um, but I really do think it is such a personal thing and a personal practice so sure while you can get ideas for from other people um, I would caution anyone to take you know kind of a carbon copy of what someone else does and apply it and think that like that's exactly what you're gonna need yeah yeah I think it's always surprising how much 
we can trust ourselves to know what we need. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think our like bodies know. And if you're leaning into that and connected with that and, um, yeah. And even just, I think, you know, if I have someone come up and tell me they're really tired and we're in a conversation quickly, it may not become that they're tired because it's a lack of sleep. Um, (laughs) but maybe it's because, you know, their roommates going through something pretty hard and they've been sharing with them. And so that to me more sounds like emotional (laughs) self care is needed potentially. So, you know, taking a step back or, not being up to till 3 a.m. <laughs> talking with that roommate every night. Like maybe it looks like some boundaries. Maybe it looks like some journaling or mindfulness or just getting to kind of unplug. But again, like I think it's super easy to kind of see a symptom <laughs> and then want to prescribe like just one area yeah. when it could really be connected to something else. So what, as far as perhaps um, a nightly or morning routine or these sorts of things may have spiritual aspects to them, but they seem sort of focused more on the physical health, emotional health, mental health. What might, what does spiritual self-care look like to you? Yeah, I think spiritual self-care involves the beliefs and values that help guide your life. Um, and this includes practices that help nourish your soul, um, help you understand or seek understanding around this life we live and where we fit into it, um, as well as kind of exploring your spiritual life or your spirituality, um, and so I think that this, again, is highly personal, um and totally is dependent on where you're at but i think meditation can be a part of this Hmm. um prayer if that's something you want to do um books about the divine or god or spirituality i think can fit into this and learning more if this like is something you're passionate about and an important piece to your life um learning in it i would say is an investment in that piece of your life and therefore is a way that you're taking care of yourself in that realm. For me, I think spiritual self-care is very connected to being in nature. Mm. Um, And I know that that is the case for a lot of people. And there's definitely research on feeling most grounded when we're by a body of water or by the ocean. And I don't think that's coincidence. I think that like we feel something being there in some way, shape or form. Um, And anything that makes you feel connected to the world and the people around you in some way, I think we can have those moments. Um, I think like Joel has used even the example of like being at a sporting game. Mm -hmm. Um, And like for him, I can imagine it's like being at Dodger Stadium and you're all there to like cheer on this thing and just like where in life do we have those experience and we feel connected and we feel something happening around us collective Um, effervescence totally yeah and then i think 
even volunteering for an organization you care about can be so within that as well like something your heart connects to something that kind of meshes your passions and your skills and um a way that you can kind of give back in a sense or learn more about something all of that yeah type of thing with of the back to the two the two values that i i see you pulling out as far as you know why is self-care so important um the one that one's needs should always be put behind others i think is in some spiritual or religious spaces that's where that value kind of gets engendered mm. um in people i don't know if you would agree or disagree with that yeah absolutely i think that that is very tied to um religion in a lot of ways or yeah. in christianity and I think there, I mean, obviously, like, there is something beautiful to putting someone's needs before yourself um, and showing up for someone and showing up for community, all of that. And by no means am I saying, like, never to do that. But I'm <laughs> <laughs> definitely saying that when especially, like, I think it can turn into a negative thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, or an abusive thing or you know like I just I think that it can be so tainted if you aren't caring for yourself or um, your needs and your health and safety aren't being factored into that like I don't think that's what that value in a religious space is meant to be yeah yeah so i'm uh, what how do you see potentially maybe a greater consciousness around self-care maybe improving religious spaces or sort of tempering that expectation that you just need to be empty you need mm -hmm. to be nothing i i've heard this from some some religious people you know it's like you want to become you want to become nothing become zero be so then you know god or something else sort of fills up what you what you are which to some people that's very i don't know it's it gets them going <laughs> it gets people going i think it gets you like oh you know you have this mission like i want to be zero i want to be nothing and then you know you hear from them 10 years later and it's like oh, they're dead inside um <laughs> that's not sustainable <laughs> So right. yeah, I'm curious how how maybe in a in a religious space mm. how might one bring notions of self-care if these sort of destructive patterns are kind of kind of running the show. Right. Yeah, I think it's interesting because we we can hear kind of that route, right, of like you're, you know, empty yourself to the point of nothing but on the flip side I think when we look at humankind and humanity we all have different skills and different passions and like that's also something valued and upheld and mm -hmm. so I think for me I just have I look at it in the sense of like even our staff team like we all have our own unique passions and skills and 
get to do front porch with those different skills and front porch this year wouldn't look the way it does with a different set of people yeah and so for me it's like we have to value what we bring to the table to use a metaphor yeah um and in order to like live out our best you know life and skills and all of those things we have to not be running on empty not Mm -hmm. be running on fumes and i think like we do have value and worth and we do um i think that jesus spent a lot of time affirming people's value and worth and so i would say for me that's like very tied to that and this idea of being nothing now i'm curious of like where that even came from yeah um, like a lineage it, yeah right because like i mean i can definitely think about a few theologians and philosophers who like that was their point of view and that like they needed to be nothing in order and like god needs to be the all <laughs> yeah um but i think if you think about humanity and being unique and having creative capacity and potential i think there's just a lot more depth and richness to life experiencing it that way yeah i know for me when i am unwell Mm -hmm. (laughs) when i am not well and i am not taking time i need and i'm not practicing self-care regularly I'm way more likely to be a worse version of myself mm-hmm. and to not, you know, be patient or open to new ideas or, you know, all of these types of things. And so yeah, I think like when it goes into self-care and the connection that that has to community care, hmm. I think that... Like those two things are linked because the hope would be that we are bringing our best selves into the communities we're a part of. And so I think to like do in order to do that, we have to be taking care of ourselves, like just kind of that ripple, ripple effect. Yeah. Yeah. This. okay, Self-care as a practice or as a sort of ritual that we that we enter into to improve ourselves in the long term, not just a sort of like, oh, one off, I feel, you know, I, you know, dump some ter- serotonin and now, you know, I'm feeling awesome. I feel like there may be moments when it gets hard or when it mm-hmm. feels like, oh, this is, is this even at worth as much work as it is? Because um, I know my morning and night routines are garbage. So <laughs> bad. I have the worst sleep hygiene ever. I'll fall asleep in my clothes. I will be up way later than I need to be. And then I will be getting ready in 20 minutes and it's just like chaos city. Um, mm. And and then I think like, oh, you know, I maybe I'd be so much better off if I had a morning routine, if I like woke up at the same time every day and was like, you know, on top of my stuff. Um, but then at some point, I'm sure I think, and then I sort of talk myself out of it. It's like, oh, then, you know, at some point, it's going to feel so hard. Like, I'm not going to want to wake up at this time. I'm not going to want to, you know, be winding down, 
these sorts of things. Um, and so that there's, it seems that there's a component of self-care that's like, it's, it, it might feel like work at some point and that's like, it, it shouldn't put anybody off. Hmm. Um, I don't know what my question is, but the, <laughs> it does, is there a point where sometimes it feels like, um, it's a little bit of, it's a little bit of work, I suppose, to take care of a self. Right. It's not yeah. just all hunky-dory, you know, bubble baths and, you know, whatever. <laughs> totally. Right. Yeah, I would say that a lot of the things that when I think about self-care, um, the like action, actual actions and practices aren't easy. And yeah. They aren't things that always just like can glide into our life and create a new habit or pattern or rhythm like mm -hmm. it's not easy um definitely like I think of creating boundaries or um therapy and counseling or exercise yeah. like none of those things are necessarily easy or things that we always want to do um and so, yeah, I think that it it absolutely is work. It takes intentionality. And I would say that it's important to maybe pick one of those spheres that you want to start in <laughs> and pick one thing. Yeah. You know, start with one, one yeah. practice, one thing you can do a week. <laughs> right. And then maybe that increases over time um, because yeah, I think that finding or choosing growth, like that's never a comfortable thing. Mm. <laughs> um, I think that, yeah, often the like self soothing activities feel way more comfortable. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but I would say that self care is where, I would say like real change happens or we are really able to lean into health and that is going to be the things that really um, recharges us. And yeah, but I mean, I'd be lying if I said that like I did that nightly routine nightly <laughs> <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, but I think that like, yeah, if I start with one night a week and then can work my way up and then, yeah, like there's Saturday nights or Friday nights or whatever that, yeah. no, absolutely. Like where we watch a movie or we're out with friends or whatever. And yeah, I end up crashing into bed. Um, <laughs> and this isn't about like perfection, but it's definitely about um, recognizing that these things are so healthy and affect kind of the long term and if I can be adding them in slowly and intentionally like there's I think there's something to that rather than reaching like perfection in any of these areas because I don't really think that's a thing either yeah yeah I'm curious how this is any of this has shifted for you or sort of taken a new form in the last year in the, over the course of the pandemic, as far as, you know, we're in our houses more and, you know, all our sort of normal routines are upset. Um, 
uh, yeah, how has care for the self changed for you over the last over the last year? Yeah, a couple things come to mind immediately. Um, one is that being in the house with Barrett, my <laughs> husband, all the time, um, as an introvert, <laughs> and was a hard thing <laughs> yeah. to um, kind of figure out how we do that when we are in the same space all the time and when there wasn't really an alternative. Um, and so, and I think even too, at the beginning of the pandemic, there was a lot around this energy of like, oh my gosh, you get to spend so much quality time together. Like <laughs> you should be making sourdough bread all the time <laughs> and you should, you know, be breaking out your best candles and you're like having these romantic dinners every night or playing games all the time or you know just I think we it's so easy to romanticize that like period of the pandemic now oh yeah um it's a lot of time maybe not all that quality time right exactly and then and then so I think it was probably maybe a month in but I was like, I have not had an evening to myself mm-hmm. to like choose what maybe I need here. And again, not that I dislike spending time with her <laughs> at all, um, but that in order to continue to show up in my job and for the communities that I am a part of and for Barrett in our marriage like I needed a night to myself (laughs) or an hour to myself or whatever that was and so you know I think that's when it kind of became something of like Barry like you do something that's going to fuel you um and recharge you a bit and for him I think it was um you know, play hopping on Warzone with some <laughs> friends, but like that was such a the only way he could socially connect with people. You yeah. know, or one of the few ways. Um, and when he did that, like that was time for me to like do a bar class or take some time to stretch or read or you know, yes, enjoy a bath or whatever that is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that going from like a crazy schedule where one of us has something every night of the week and so we're like trying to fit in time together to constant uninterrupted time together yeah um yeah it was a big big shift for a lot of people yeah oh there was what was i thinking of oh god um oh yeah so all of this I think is sort of culminating uh, as it's not uh, self-care is not a sort of um, a moment of action or a set of like activities. Like I'm going to do these things and that's my, that's my self-care. It's almost like a, a totalizing approach to one's, to one's life that it isn't simply, you know, these sort of, momentary actions of like oh, i'm gonna do this and then you know i'm gonna feel better for this amount of time and then i'm gonna do this and then feel better for this amount of time it's like it's like a sensitivity to develop or a muscle that mm. is being 
worked um, to know, you know, what sort of activities deplete my energy and how can I respond to that sort of depletion? When is my work becoming something that's just zapping me? And how do I respond to that sort of lack of that lack of energy in my in my in my life? Um, and I think, at least for me, I definitely through college this was a big a big thing. I just did not have that sort of sensitivity to my energies. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know how I, <laughs> somebody asked, you know, like, how are you feeling? Like, I have honestly no idea. I don't know. Uh, and then, you know, after, you know, not sleeping for maybe a couple nights, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm feeling it now. But it takes those like extreme spikes of like total nothing. Uh, like just taking everything for myself for so long um, to sort of realize like, oh, I'm kind of out of whack. And so then self-care seems um, so valuable because it's the sort of ongoing sensitivity to like, how am I? How, how am I and what am I bringing to, 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 uh, to all parts of my life? Does that sound, um, am I onto something here? Yeah, absolutely, Paul. (laughs) I think that it totally is a practice. And with that, yeah, comes um, intentionality. It takes tuning in. It takes kind of self-inventory. I also think that, you know, we've kind of talked about those different spheres, physical, spiritual, emotional. Um, I think we're probably apt to gravitate towards one or a couple of those areas um, more so than others. So what does it look like to, yeah, become more aware that spiritual self-care is a thing and a part of it Um, and to kind of identify like those areas that we haven't been aware of or have been neglecting. Um, And obviously we have seasons that are really, really busy for one reason or the other, um, where those things are going to be hard. And I also do like totally acknowledge the privilege that comes with self-care and recognizing that resources and time and energy to practice self-care, um, are privileges to so many individuals and communities and that there are individuals and communities that can't access that day to day in crisis or like especially if you're just trying to get through the day um, to survive the day. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, and just recognizing all of that and holding holding all of that um, in space for that and recognizing that yeah like or if someone's in mental health crisis like practicing these things is way different than how it is for me you know on a on a daily basis so I think there's just yeah a lot to it um and I do think that like when we do have the privilege of practicing self-care regularly um for me it becomes so important then to see how caring for yourself and then caring for others is so interconnected and how if we do or can utilize self-care that then we take that into community care. Community care. Can you say a couple more things about 
what that what that is and how it relates to to a self-care practice yeah um so i really liked this article called this viral facebook post urges people to rethink self-care and it's written by nikita valario and she says this about community care um Community care is focused on the collective, taking care of people together for everything from basic physical needs to psychological and even spiritual ones. Community care is a recognition of the undeniable cooperative and social nature of human beings and involves a commitment to reduce harm through simply being together. She goes on to say community care means showing up. It means that when you find yourself in the position of being able to give more than you need to receive, you do so. Depending on who you are and your strengths, that might mean receiving messages from someone who needs to be comforted and heard, bringing dinner to a sick friend, or packing up an abused friend's belongings Hmm. as a part of their exit plan from domestic violence. It could be attending a performance in support of an artist or advocating for communities You've consulted at the level of government at different times and for different communities, people who are intentionally invested in caring for the communities they belong to might find themselves doing all of these things or something else entirely. Hmm. So, yeah, I just think that community care um, is a way that you can like leverage your privilege um, while balancing one's needs and kind of showing up for the communities around you. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like, I mean, maybe this is just me doing what I like to do, but um, all these dimensions as we're sort of exploring them, there is a, there could be a pretty radically anti-capitalist dimension to self-care that it's not, we're not here to be our most, we're not doing this to be our most productive selves. We're doing this because ourselves matter. Um, and in community care, the sort of ab- abandoning the, the, the premises that we are all these atomized and individual people sort of fending for ourselves and that we live our best lives in community when we're all taking care of one another these right. are pushing back on some very some very serious ideological points hmm. that um, structures of capital depend on, that we are indebe- independent and fighting for ourselves and that we can always become more productive to serve something else. Um, so perhaps a self-care revolution is in order. Yeah, absolutely. Self-care could totally be viewed as resisting the protection productivity and busyness and so many other values yeah that you know others communities and in so many ways yeah and i think that's such an important point as far as what you bring out about privilege that oftentimes yeah it's seen as this thing that's only accessible to certain people with certain sorts of jobs with certain sorts of you know free time um but yeah, perhaps if it could be framed in this way as far as like, this is how we all set each other free and pay attention to ourselves and that everyone, everybody matters, not in an all lives matter way, but in an, right. uh, 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 in a front porch way. <laughs> that, 
<laughs> yes. Uh, that each self has an inherent value that we can honor and that right. we all get to do that together. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you bring up front porch and we laugh, but I think that it really does tie into um, the mission and vision of every person and moment matters. Yeah. And when we really look at that and look at that even with the self-care lens you know if we take them the moments to take care of ourselves how can we make moments for other people to take care of themselves or hmm. how do we come alongside to take care of them yeah yeah hell yeah well you were great thanks so <laughs> thanks. much thanks paul <laughs>